this morning, and, and I'm trusting that you will be led to, by the end of today or the next few weeks, to say, I've got to be part of this, to be part of the body and to be lifting up, lifting up one another. And I can honestly say, as I look out to every face, that I have prayed for you this week personally. And it's a wonderful thing to do that. It's a wonderful privilege. And, and you don't always have to know the circumstances. You just know that you to lift people up. Take them to the throne room of heaven. And, um, and not just the pastor. That was a video of a pastor. But it's not just the pastor to pray. It's all of us to learn how to pray. Hundreds of years ago, even, they wrote and they, they would have seminars. And they say the most, ne- the most neglected ministry in the church is prayer. And, and the most difficult to, to, to do is prayer. And, and uh, in the Christian Mission Alliance, we're on this now this second value that we say we value. And so I'm bringing these to ask ourselves, do we really value? Do we value lost people? That lost people matter to God and he wants them found. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And all of us are lost. And even when we give our lives to Christ, we can wander away and we can fall away and we can be like the prodigal son and, and it's miserable. And once you've known Christ and then you fall away, you, like Peter says, you're worse off than you were in the beginning because you know what it's like to have that closeness with God. And so then we come to this second value that prayer is the primary work of God's people. It's the, it's the first it's the first work. It's the main work. It's of chief, chief importance. I just looked up just what does primary mean? And it means the main work, a principle. It means first. It means overriding. It means ruling, dominant, supreme, initial, original, beginning. So in other words, it, it, it ought to be first in everything we do. Um, you may not be. You may be like my wife. My wife is not a morning person. Uh, her prayer is in the middle of the day or in the evening. And she can pray. She can pray up a storm while I'm sleeping at night. I I I fall asleep at night, but I'm wide awake in the morning, and so the best time for me um, is in the morning. But uh, but for myself, I just want to share with you that, and I've I'm, I'm sure I've shared this with you before. Um, but for for over two years, I I I haven't had this now the last several months. But f- there was a two-year period where I had Psalm 5, the first few, uh, first couple of verses there, by my bedside that I would meditate on before I went to sleep. And I would, when I woke up in the morning, the first thing that I considered. And in, in Psalm 5, uh, verse 1 says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my sighing. Your Bible might say, consider my meditations. And then it says, listen to my cry for help. Or as the old King James Bible says, and I love it, I, I actually love it. It, it, it's, it says, listen to the voice of my cry. And, and, I've, and I've, read, I've read different commentaries on that. And it, the belief that God, we may not have words. We can get so distressed and so troubled that words don't come out. So when we say here, Lord, would you just give ear to my words? There are no words right now, God. Well, Lord, would you consider my meditation or my sighing? Well, he, he can understand that and interpret that. 
but he also understands when you cry from the depth of your heart. Because he knows us, he loves us so much. And he says, listen to my cry for help, my king and my God, for, for to you I pray. And then verse three, in the morning, he says, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. So I don't know if, if that might be resonating with you. That was something that God impressed on me, and it was a little, maybe a little over two years, that I just saw that every night, and I saw it every morning. And, and God was using that to encourage me and, um, and help me uh, through different t- difficult time. So it was the last thing at night and first thing in the morning. And that helped me sleep well. It helped me dream better, <laughs> you know, rather than having those troubled dreams and th- that we can have. But prayer is something that all of us, I just want to encourage you to start to practice. Will you say, what, how do I practice that? What does that mean? What does that all entail? And I was saying to Tim this morning, our elder Tim, when we use this, this theme of prayer, we can be all over the place. The Bible is full of prayers and full of prayer and teaching on prayer. Um, Jesus prayed. Jesus was a man of prayer. Jesus taught us how to pray, to get alone to pray, to get in that quiet place. Jesus always was getting away to pray. And that's to encourage us to get away to pray. But let, 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 let me just start out the, 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 the whole sermon right now just seeking the Lord right now in prayer that he would just speak through me and speak to you and encourage us all to be people of prayer, to make prayer the first work. Father, we are looking to you in the name of Jesus to speak to each one of us. In particular, you know where every single one of us is at when we hear this whole idea of prayer. And then, Lord, you want all of us to come to that place where we sit before you, where we, where we uh, lay ourselves before you, where we're, we're spending time with you and we're being encouraged by you. And so, Lord, I just ask for your enlightening in, into the word, into the words that I speak, and to help us, Lord, to uh, walk from this place saying, oh, I want, to, I want to do all I can to make time to get in that quiet place, to, to hear your voice, Lord, to get direction from you, because I mess things up. And uh, Lord, I just need you to do that. So Father, come and, and uh, speak to us all right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There is an old hymn, by the way, just be, I need to start this, and I, I, I googled it this morning, and it was written, right, uh, the, uh, like 18-something, 18, 18 and it says this, it was designed, it was written as a chi- children's uh, hymn, but unless we become like little children, we, <laughs> we have nothing to do with the Jesus, he wants us to become um, like children. But this is, this is what this man wrote, John Bolton. He says, I often say my prayers, but do I ever pray? And do the wishes of my heart go with the words I say? 
I may as well kneel down and worship gods of stone as offer to the living God a prayer of words alone. For words without the heart the Lord will never hear, nor will he to those lips attend whose prayers are not sincere. Lord, show me what I need and teach me how to pray. Nor let me ask thee for thy grace, not feeling what I say. Isn't that wonderful? The first line there, I often say my prayers, but do I ever pray? And that is this whole aspect that I want us to ask ourselves today, that this, this first work of prayer, the primary work of God's people, is not just saying prayers, it is praying from your soul and talking to God, communing with God from your soul. It's the idea of encountering God and also being encountered by God. I'll say that again. It's the idea of encountering Him and also being encountered by Him. And God encounters us through His Spirit and through His Word, and we're going to look at that in a minute. But we need to find a secret place. We need to learn how to pray. The disciples weren't a uh, you know, alone in the idea of, of prayer. In fact, they, they went to Jesus, they asked Jesus, Jesus, would you just teach us how to pray? That was the question they asked Jesus. Would you teach us how to pray? And of course, he did. He said, well, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Jesus said, so when we, when we're, if we're going to set aside time, if we're going to make it our primary work, if we're going to say, well, God, I want to learn how to pray and I want to set time to pray, I want to do this, begin with this adoration of God, who He is. Our Father, You're, you're my Father. You art in heaven and oh, hallowed be Thy name. And may Thy kingdom come and Thy will be done on earth such as in my life as it is in heaven. All those promises and all those blessings that we read about and we study and we see, oh Lord, I want, I, I want them in, in my life. I want to hear them. I want to know them. I want to embrace them. Well, in order for that to happen, we do have to get alone with God. J- Jesus, Jesus often got alone with God, and you know that, right? And we need to get along with him. There's a, there's a verse in the Bible, and you may have this as a plaque on your, on your wall at home, Psalm 46.10. It says, to be still and know that I am God. And translation of that can be, would you just cease striving? Would you stop pushing? Would you just relax in my presence? I've got you covered. I've got your back. 
Let me know exactly what's going on. I already know it anyway, but just speak it. If you can't say the words, then s- you're meditating on it. I can understand that. If you're so confused, but you're crying inside your soul, I can understand that too. But be silent. Be still. Martin Luther, he translated that verse as, be silent to God and let him mold you. So when we make prayer the first work, Prayer is encountering God, but prayer is being encountered by God. And when we say, I'm going to make, I'm going to set aside a time, and I'm going to set aside a place, and I'm going to be still before Him, and I'm going to see what He's going to say to me, and I'm going to listen, and I'm going to receive it. But I'm also going to talk to Him. It's a two way street. Now, many of you, many of you probably have at home, again, another verse that out of Jeremiah chapter 29, if you don't have it at home, or you may have seen uh, it on a plaque, uh, you may have seen it in, in a Christian store, but it's, it's Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And it says this, and this is God speaking, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now that is what's written on the plaque. But what's not written on the plaques at home is the second verse, which says this, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. The next verse says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. In other words, whatever you're locked in, whatever you're troubled with, I'm going to bring you out of that, and I have a plan for you. I have a plan to give you hope. I have a future for you, and in prayer, I'm going to begin to reveal it to you. But the first thing he reveals to us, if we can get into that place of being silent and in that place of listening is that, is that he's going to reveal to you, yes, that he has a plan for you and that he has a plan not to harm you and he has a plan to give you a hope and a future. And, and then this begins to sink into your spirit. It's, it's, not, it's not false. It's not false truth. It's God's truth. It's not conjured up. It's, it's given to us through His Word. But the goal of this, when we realize that He has a plan to prosper us in a sense of spirituality, in a sense of peace that is beyond all understanding, in a sense of having satisfaction in Him, in a sense of having trust of Him, when we have that, then what follows is, then you will call upon me. Now, who's not going to call upon God when we fully realize that He has us in His hand, that He has care for us, that He loves us, that He wants us now to give ourselves to Him 100%? Because He's given Himself to us 100%. When He sent His Son Jesus to die for us, He already knew us. He knew we were people that messed up. He knew we were people who sinned. And he still sent his son, and his son still came, and he loved us.
and he loves us today. And that causes us to seek him and then to find him. But he wants us to do it with all our heart. And, and sometimes, if you're like me, this doesn't happen until we get to the end of ourselves, to where we get to the place of brokenness, where we realize, I've been trying this on my own, and it's not worked too good, and I need the Lord Jesus to help me through. And he does it. Because that's the kind of God he is. He is a God that loves us. Habakkuk 2.20 says that the Lord is in his holy temple and let all the earth be silent before him. So the first thing I want to encourage you to do is not only to get alone with him, but to get alone and just be silent. Try to get still. You know, uh, Jesus um, said, going back to Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, he, he's in trying to encourage the folks. He says um, in chapter 6, verse 5, about prayer, he says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room or into your closet Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him, but He still wants you to get alone with Him. Get quiet with him. And this in our modern world is a really hard thing to do, isn't it? Because the alarm clock goes up on in the morning and we've got to get up and we've got to get going. We, we've got to get to work. We've got things to do. We've got the house to take care of. And then when we're, when we're, if we're troubled by something, trouble just keeps on troubling us. And, 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 and all we can think about is the trouble Instead of saying, I've got trouble, but I need to spend some time with God before I do anything else. It needs to be the first thing I do. It needs to be the primary thing I do to spend time with him. And then we have to trust that if I get silent with him, that he is going to speak to me. Set aside time for prayer. Find a place for prayer. So now you've set aside time. Let's assume that you've done this, and some of you have. I know you have. But let's say you say, you know what? I need to get away. I need to get silent with God. Sometimes you have to go get yourself a hotel room just to get into a different environment. Sometimes it means coming in here during the week and just saying, I need to come in the sanctuary and just sit. If you can't get quiet at home, if you can't find a place in your home, a bedroom, a even some folks, some of you have made a closet and you've called it your, your war room, your prayer room, but a place where you can go. But when you go, besides taking yourself in there to be alone, the other thing that I want to encourage you to take is the Word of God, the Bible. 
This, this is not just a book that we just sort of master in terms of knowledge. It is actually God speaking to us through the book. When we say, I want to hear from God, God is saying, it's right here. And so to set ourselves before it so we can hear from him through it. Let me give you um, a couple of verses, a couple of verses in the Bible, and that many of you know these things, but some of you may not. In Second Timothy chapter three, I'm going to turn there and re- read it. <coughs> Verse 16, <coughs> it says, "All Scripture, this is all Scripture, is God breathed. It's God's breath. It's like Him breathing into us, like CPR." And is useful for teaching and for rebuking. When he rebukes, he does it in love. And for correcting and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's God-breathed. It's all Scripture. It's God-breathed. It's God's breath. And then there's another Scripture in, in the book of Hebrews. You want to turn there? Again, uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Verses 12 and 13. For the word of God is living and active. Again, there it's lively. It's active. It's alive. It's God's breath. And it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. God's word is like the sharpest knife that you can get out of the drawer. It, 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 you know when you get cut with glass when you've been washing dishes in hot water and you don't know you've been cut? And you pull your hand out and ah! Well, God's word, the living and active word, when we take time not to go read chapter after chapter, I'm saying, but to meditate on on passages of scripture and I want to encourage you in the Psalms for those of you who have never entered into this look in the Psalms and take a Psalm and just take two or three verses look at the Proverbs and it will be like when you take the time he begins to speak to you and he will then lead you to certain scriptures that are going to answer the troubles that you're having that's what he does and that's why prayer is not just us talking It's us listening. And it says it's like a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And then it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. He knows what we're thinking. He knows what our attitude's like. And nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. He loves us so much, and he says, just take time, set aside time, find a place, and bring the book, and open it up, and I will then begin to speak to you. I'll listen to you. And sometimes it's silent, and in that silence, if you've ever had that, where there's just those silent moments where God is actually speaking to your spirit and just bringing healing to your spirit, and you know it. That's what he wants to do. 
in uh, Ron in the, in the, in the uh, prayer to start our service and was reading out of Hebrews and in Hebrews 4, 4.14 where it's talking about how Jesus is this great high priest who came down to earth and now he's gone back to heaven and he's interceding for us and he wants this relationship with us. He says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. I profess my faith in Jesus Christ. I love him. He's my Lord. I, I battled him and ran away from him for so many years, but I finally realized that that wasn't the healthiest way to go, and I gave my life to him. And I want to hold, continue to hold firmly to him, set aside time. Verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. He understands our weaknesses, your weaknesses, my weaknesses. And he says, But we, we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he was without sin. See, we get tempted and we sin. We fail. We judge. We criticize. We, we fall away. But he understands that. And so he's this spotless lamb. And then he says, verse 16, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Let us, I'm going to say it again. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. When you get into that secret, quiet place, you set time aside, you, you find a place, you take God's word, and you talk to him, you listen to him, you open up the word, he begins to speak to you, and you find a God full of grace. God isn't God isn't coming and saying, okay, you finally did it. You finally set some things aside. Now I want to hear you pray. And then he looks at you and goes, you know, you didn't pray right. You know, it's just, I don't know if you've ever been asked to pray in a public setting. You know, would you mind praying? Uh, would you mind standing up and praying? Me? I might make a mistake. Well, well what he's trying to say in, in, in this passage is that we have we can approach God. It is a throne. He is a king, but it's a throne of grace. And so we can stammer, we can slobber, we can weep, we can cry, we can, we can come in there and he already knows what, what, what our life is and what we've done and all the mistakes. And he says, you finally came. You finally came. And so you can approach me with confidence because I died for you. I love you. I want to give you life. And now you, I can give you mercy and, you, and you're going to find grace. It's going to help you in this time of need. And you go, man, oh, and I have been waiting so long to, to come because I thought I'd receive judgment just like you do in the world sometimes when you make mistakes, when you get embarrassed. And God says, no, I... I've been tempted in every way, but I was without sin, and I died for you, and I love you. And I'm so glad you set aside the time. I'm so glad that you took, and now that you've got my, my word, which is living and active. 
and it's my breath and I'm going to breathe it into you. I want to breathe life into you. So like I said earlier, if you, if you do this and you're, you're just practicing this maybe for the first time, and I know some of you are. I know some of you are looking at this going, how do I do this? What would I do? And so I want to help you with this. I want you to just, for example, I want you to uh, look in, in the book of Proverbs, for example. And I want you to go there if you have your Bible and look at chapter 2. We'll just start there as an example. Now, just picture yourself. You set aside, you set aside time. You, you, you said, and it's private. You say, I'm going to go in this bedroom, or I'm going to find this closet, or I'm going to find a corner, a corner of a library where it's supposed to be silent, where it's supposed to be quiet. And now I've come, and now I've set myself before God. Okay, God and the pastor said that I'm to get your word out because your word's living and active. And it says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He's a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. You're going to understand what's right, he says. Wisdom's going to enter your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. When we take the time, when we set aside time, and when we get the Word of God in front of us, and He begins to speak this in, into us, just like that pastor said, he took time to pray, and God, was, as he was praying, he, he sensed that he was supposed to call a lady. He's, he calls, oh, it's busy. God, I, I got, you know, it, it's busy. No, go there. And he gets there, and he finds this emergency. God speaks in those moments, and He wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to you. He'll give wisdom. He'll give direction. Sometimes He does it silently. He doesn't give you, it's not like an audible voice, get up and go. I'll just give you a simple example, and you might say, that's crazy. I don't think it's crazy. The other morning, I always make a cup of tea for Pauline. She has coffee later. But I always make me a cup of tea, Pauline a cup of tea. Well, she gets the milk out, and we always put a little spot of milk in our tea. She put, pours the jug like this, and a glob fell out. And it was like a glob of sour milk. Because our refrigerator, it isn't working right. The temperature's off. So, oh, she ruined it. I can't drink that. I just, and I'm like, don't drink it. Well, even though we're wasting a tea bag. We, those are precious tea bags, those British tea bags. These are from Canada, by the way. And um, so we decided that we'll have our tea a little bit later, and I'll go down to the store and get uh, another jug of milk. Well, I didn't go do it right away. So I'm sitting there in the house and thinking, I really want a cup of tea, you know. So finally, I just got that impression to go to, go get to, to the marketplace to go get the milk. Well, on the way to the marketplace, 
I'm realizing the gas price is pretty low, and you never know when that's going to go back up. So let's fill the car up with gas and then get the milk. So I drive into the gas station, and I'm filling up the gas, and I turn around and I hear a voice. Hey, pastor. And I look, and it was Durrell. Remember Durrell that was here last week? Mike invited him last week, and he was all, he's all excited about the Lord, and you know, he senses a, he, that he's been called to ministry. And we were all excited, and he was to be here today. Well, here he is at the gas station. Oh, I said, wow, I said, this is a divine appointment. That's how I felt it was. It was like this, the timing of God, the working out of God, the providence of God, the hand of God at work. When we're listening to him, silent with him, it's not always it's not always like, well, he gives you A, B, C, and D. It's just like he's got you, got you moving at the right time. And apparently he's been given new orders and he's going to another, been station, re- restationed to another base. And so he's, he's going to be packing up and going. And I'm like, no, no, I want you to come to our church. But, but I'm sharing that with you. Just to, I came home thinking, God, you, of all time, I mean, Glob of milk, that wasn't very pleasant. I could have gone right away because I really like to have my tea, but I waited. And when I went, I didn't have to get gas then. I still had a half a tank. But I saw Durrell, and I got an opportunity. We held hands, and we prayed. I prayed for him, and we hugged each other. I've probably given him my cold now, too. (laughs) But those are things, I think, that begins to happen that God begins to speak into our life. And he begins to, uh, when we take time for him, because his spirit begins to teach us. He begins to fill us with faith and with, with, with encouragement. And the more that we, that, that we spend time with him, the more we understand that he truly does love us. I should go back to the Proverbs. I was going to run over to the Psalms. But when he gets over into chapter 3 of, of Proverbs, and... Let's say we're, we're struggling a little bit. And God, God is, is saying, get in the closet. Now you're in the closet. Now you're going to go to chapter 3. It's Wednesday, right? Because you already did this Monday and Tuesday. Now you're into 3. My son, do not forget my teaching. Mm, I didn't. I, I set aside time. Now I'm here. But keep my commands in your heart. What you're going to receive, learn from it, and then put it into action. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Well, that's nice. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you'll win favor and, good na- and a good name in the sight of God and man. I mean, that's a, that would be a good thing to have as a church, wouldn't it? A good name in the, in the sight of God and man? Like someone looks at you and go, you know, I, I think I want to talk to that person about the Lord. I think they have something that I want. It ought to be an attraction. And then verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Who needs to hear that today? In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. 
He goes on, but I'm just going to stick to this. If you took this this week and just took those two verses of five and six and said, Lord, I've come to this place to be quiet, to be still before you, and I want to hear you speak. And he says, this is my breath. This is my word. And it's living and it's active. It's going to cut you deep into the spirit, into your bones, cutting down to soul and marrow. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make you pass straight. That's his speaking to you. Now you speak to him. Say, Lord, I, 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 I want to trust you. I'm here with the heart that wants to trust you. I don't want to lean on my own understanding because my own understanding got me in trouble. And in all my ways, I want to acknowledge you, Lord, because I want my paths to be straight. I want them to be good. Now, can you believe that if you make prayer the primary work, the first thing you do before you do anything else, can you believe that God is going to speak to you and you're going to get on a path of healthiness spiritually? See, this is a value. A value is something that moves you. If you don't value it, you won't do it. Now, prayer is also not only just for you, it is also for others. When we saw these prayer cards earlier, prayer is also praying for one another, not just always about us. But it's always best to put the oxygen mask on first, right? Before you put the oxygen mask on your partner, your child. But there was an old Celtic saying that said this, anyone without a soul friend is a body without a head. In other words, in the church, we're to have soul friends. We're to have friends that think, like, and believe that prayer needs to be the first work. I'm gonna f- and, and I'm setting aside time to be with God. I am being silent. I'm taking the Word with me. I'm receiving and meditating on the Word, and I'm beginning to live the Word out. Now, I want to have a soul friend like that. Don't you want a soul friend like that? And when you have that, a soul friend, you walk around with a, with a clearer head, a, a, a head that, that, that has sort of a, an affirmation, an encouragement. We're to encourage one another, right? As, as a church, we're to pray for one another. St. Augustine used to say, no one can walk without a guide. We need one another. I need you. Pauline and I, as a couple, now we fight, don't get me wrong, and uh, you know, she's a Montana gal, very independent, but she loves the Lord, and, and, and she prays for me. The most difficult thing is for us to pray together, because the old enemy doesn't like couples praying together, and we have to fight that battle to pray together as a couple. but we help one another, we walk with one another, we're soulmates, we're friends, and we know Christ, we, we've accepted Christ, we've walked with Christ, we, we know each other's failures, we know each other better than anybody knows each other. You know, when you're a couple, you know each other. 
You know, sometimes as sisters, you really know each other. Brothers, you know, sometimes we don't know each other as best we, as we think we might. But, but we know a lot more about each other when we're close together, and we need to have soulmates. We need to have guides. We need to have friendships. We need to have brotherhoods and sisterhoods encouraging one another, and the best soulmate you can have is one who set his soul before God and made prayer their first work. I've got a book here. I'll close with this. This is a British lady. Does it surprise you I've got somebody British? She's written a book called The Joy of Listening to God. The Joy of Listening to God, Hearing the Many Ways God Speaks to Us. She's passed away now. She's with the Lord. But I ha- I've had this book for, well, for 20 years. And she writes this. And it's referencing to be still and know that I am God. She said, uh, this silence, be still and know that I am God, Psalm 46.10, is difficult to achieve. But it is the prerequisite of listening, and it involves telling myself firmly and authoritatively to stop chattering, to shut up. (laughs) That's what she said, just shut up. And uh, she says, discipline is the answer. I find, for example, that when I resist the temptation to go straight from breakfast to my desk and start writing, because she was a writer, but instead move to my desk via my prayer corner, the quality of my work improves because deliberately I take time to drop anchor into God. I know this to be true. I have proved it over and over again to take time to drop anchor into God. Do that first. Pray first. Make it your first work. And try to find that place of quietness, stillness. And get the word of God in front of you. He will lead and guide you. I, I give you a, a simple, you may think this is kind of s- little, little simple, but years ago I, was, I took a vol- two Volkswagens. One had been wrecked. A 1984 Volkswagen, completely wrecked, and one a 78, and it was just the frame and chassis. And I completely, the 78 stripped it all the way down, nothing, wheels, nothing, tank, fuel tank, anything, wiring, everything, interior, everything. I took everything out of the 84 and put it into the 78. But I left the VIN number of the 78 so that I could pay taxes on the 78. This has been recorded if they ever want to check that out. I'll pay the difference. But, but there was a, I was putting the engine in, and if for any of you worked on cars, I was putting the engine in. Now, I was working out in the country, and I was in an open barn, and it was near zero degrees, and m- my, I couldn't wear thick gloves and work, you, so I had my bare hands, and I had a trouble light, and that was my warmer. So I would warm my hands up on the trouble light, and I had the engine mount bolt in the house, trying to warm it up before I held it. And I had a problem. I was trying to get the engine bolt into the engine mount in this Volkswagen. And my hands, look at them. They're trying to get in a Volkswagen. I mean, they just, they hardly fit. So I'm trying to get this bolt in and I'm jacking it up and I'm moving it and I'm prodding it and I'm prying it. and, And I finally just thought, it's cold. I'm going in the house. I went in the house 
had a cup of tea. And I said, Lord, I, I, I need some help. I need to help. And after I got warmed up, I went back out there. And the bolt, I'd already left the bolt like in there trying to go through. And I'm not kidding you. My hand went down the side of the engine and I touched that bolt and it just like, it like went in. And, I, and I, now you might think, that's crazy. That's why, why would, I think God is just a God that loves us and he cares about us. And he said, you know what? You could have asked me sooner. And I think sometimes we've got to do like Joyce did and just drop anger into God. Whatever it is we do, God will help us. He'll help us with our work. He'll help us with our writing. He'll help us because he's a designer. He's the perfect designer, isn't he? So I just want to encourage you this week. Don't just think about yourself, but also think about others. And when you, maybe the first time you do this, get in that private place and just say, my mm, our Father, mm, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh Lord, I pray your name's hallowed in my life. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Would you just give me this day my daily bread and forgive my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. And Lord, keep me from that evil. Deliver me from evil. Because Lord, I believe that, you, that thine is the kingdom and thine is the glory forever and ever. Amen. And Lord, I want to get in your word and I want to hear from you. But, and I, Lord, I know you're listening to me because you can hear the voice of my cry. You're listening to my meditations and you listen to my words. Lord, I want to have a relationship with you. Father, I pray that for all of us in here this morning that we would get to that secret place, that we would understand that the idea of prayer is both encountering you, Lord, and being encountered by you. And Lord, I think of Jonah. Lord, when he came to the place where his life was ebbing away, that he remembered you and, you, and that his prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. And Lord, <laughs> you told that fish to spew him out on the shore. But it was at that place where he felt like his life was ebbing away, the place where he then remembered you, the place where his prayer rose to you because it was right from his heart and it went right to your holy temple and you were just waiting for him. Lord, I pray that every, every time and every place will be a time and place for prayer this week. In Jesus' name, amen.